0: I went to Sun Sanders' house this weekend and I was there. And yeah. I was, we were just hanging out and we were having a good time. And you know, it's a fun game to play with Sun Sanders. It's called sit in Sun's living room and have him show you everything he's ever played in his entire Sony back catalog. We did that for about 45 minutes where he was just like, you ever heard of this game? No, I definitely <laughs> haven't. Well, it's like this and let me tell you about it. <laughs> and you know what would be <laughs> cool
1: is if Sun had a podcast about video games because it sounds like (laughs) first of all he knows a lot about them he's played he'll play anything yeah (laughs) third of all he likes them yeah a lot it feels like there should be another host
0: to this show and that like
1: (laughs) i don't know how you haven't given me the boot yet Oh, I mean, I'm not in charge here. This is your project, my <laughs> friend. You you would have to kick yourself out oh, at interesting. this point. I mean, I, I show up. I do as I'm told. I'm a good worker bee here. But, I mean, obviously, you're you're in charge. You have power mm. of the purse. You are the deciding vote. I did not know this. You are president. This. You are king. You are supreme I have supreme not leader. been using
0: my powers uh, for evil enough yet.
1: I, I, should. Oh, I think you've used your powers plenty. <laughs> I mean, that, that, look all around you. Look at this. This you know sandcastle you've built in front of you know the rising tide of the rest of the world as as Um, today's episode will prove i
0: definitely was the deciding vote to have four episodes about starcraft and i was definitely always able to do that
1: (laughs) yeah i mean but i i knew it didn't matter anyways you weren't going to play any starcraft so why why you know why not just have a little extra time you know what i mean like It doesn't matter if you're not gonna participate how long we spent on any one thing, you know? It's exciting. Let's go!
0: gamers almanac it's a ranking of stuff and things and we do it all the time and we're here in our second week talking about starcraft i'm matt martins i'm here with hunter donaldson
1: hey it's me uh we're here week two talking about starcraft and uh i i just i just want to say in spite of Maybe an energy in the cold open. I love that we're doing it this way. I, don't
0: <laughs> I have, have no issue with it. With it. I, don't, I, I hope nobody thinks I'm mad about it. I'm certainly not. I just certainly am uh, here to learn today, especially today, because oh. <laughs> we are talking about Starcraft Brood War specifically, the expansion that came out only nine months after a release of the base game. What a world 1998 was. You know, Game development used to be fast
1: yeah i think it used to be fast but i think it also used to be uh you know not the behemoth that it is today there used to be less money involved and more uh creative pursuit involved as well um and yeah i i it's crazy thinking about how quickly things happen but also at the same time it was it was cowboy days it was it was punk rock time for video games and now you know those days will never be back you know and now and now that's over now video games are adult and uh, they kind of suck to be yeah. honest uh, they're pretty lame uh, but they used to be cool and that's why we're talking about starcraft brood war yeah. this week uh so we are going
0: to focus on the campaign of brood war we will talk a little i want to talk a tiny bit about like what was brought to Brood War from the multiplayer perspective and from like kind of the spectator perspective. But a lot of that will even be kind of also week next week's conversation where we like really explicitly talk about the multiplayer. So today yeah. is a lot more single player shenanigans. Uh and the the big issue for me with Brood War is Uh, The campaign gets harder in Brood War, and I was already bad at base game uh, StarCraft, so I did not do, I did not get very far in this one before I was like, it just doesn't seem worth my time to beat my head against this, it will take me... 60 hours to beat this campaign, uh, at, at the rate I'm going. So I, I didn't get too far. So I'm, I'm here to learn a lot about Hunter's favorite missions from brood war, but I did, I am caught up on the story of brood war. And if anything, everything has piqued my interest into, I've been wanting to play starcraft two now. And I have been playing a little bit of starcraft two. I te- I did a couple teasers of like the first couple missions of starcraft two
1: well yeah so let's talk a little bit though about your brood war experience because i mean yeah so you bounced off of it but i i'm just curious as to like how quickly did you bounce off of how like how much how much of it were you able to get through before it kicked you out or
0: what i got into mission three of the protoss campaign that's not very far that's three mission number three uh you get you get corsairs in that mission uh corsairs are a cool unit i played that mission for like 45 minutes and wiped completely and was like oh i will it will take me another 45 minutes to rebuild up and then hopefully beat this mission and i looked at that and i was like so i'm gonna have spent an hour and a half on this mission and i'm on mission three out of like 28 or something like that like (laughs) well, no out of eight or well i'm talking about the whole campaign i'm saying looking down the barrel of the entire campaign something like 26 missions I got very scared uh, and also was like, you know, I could I could tool around in uh, not a mission more and get to know these units a little bit better. But, yeah, that that mission was sort of the breaking point for me. Uh, although I will say the first mission of the Protoss mission is like nothing. I mean, it's it it's a breeze. You just sort of walk through and kill stuff. And if anything, I wish a lot more <laughs> missions were at that level of like here's just a handful of units like it, it reinforced how much I really like the here's a couple units do stuff with them be on a little adventure I almost like wish sometimes the the campaign was uh not so all of starcraft at once although it makes more sense for it to be all of Starcraft at once but it's just I'm I'm a baby and I like baby RTSs basically
1: I mean I don't think it makes you a baby. To prefer it that way i i also feel like the miss the mission structure of the base game and the the expansion could have used you know a, some different flavors mm-hmm. um there is a lot of repetition uh in these games as far as single player is concerned the base game of course we talked about last week but yeah. the base game uh just to reiterate a little bit is about teaching you the mechanics right. it's about teaching you the different units every mission you're given a new unit and most of the time, not all the time though, to be honest, it's not, it's not bulletproof design here. Most of the time that unit is going to be the tool that you solve this week's episode of, you right. know what I mean? Like right. wh- whatever, whatever we need to kill this mini boss, um, and the mini boss being, uh, just the level in general, um, and Brood War, I think, brings you less of that mm-hmm. because there's less new units to introduce, although all of the units introduced in Brood War are bangers yeah. uh, and really kind of, I think, alter the relationships of these asymmetrical factions in some really brilliant ways. And yeah. Starcraft reaches kind of its final form with Brood War right? Uh, that it can just kind of stay in forever now <laughs> uh, with very little changes. Yeah. Uh, and it's, yeah, it's a perfect game. Um, but as far as the campaign is concerned, yeah, it, it's a lot of a lot of missions where you are expected to you start in a little corner of it and yeah. you're expected to kill everything. <laughs> um, and this time you're not so limited as far as your access to the units, right, mission to mission. Right. A lot of times you'll have access to almost everything. And so you can use a lot of the same uh, tactics yeah. over and over. Now, sometimes it pushes you a little bit. Um, but a lot of time, a lot of the time it, it, it does not. So when you say baby RTS, I would translate that into, you know, maybe a little less demeaning language and just say (laughs) that like the mission structure could have used more variety. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, I I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't have minded more explicit
0: times of just like, you're doing this and this is an inverse on like what, you know, just the standard (laughs) operating procedure of build base attack stuff would be. You know, it's like, if anything, we talked a lot about it uh, in last week's episode of like, a lot of what you can do in some of the base game missions even is like you can kind of beeline for like going and sniping the thing you got to go get or whatever and maybe there's interesting strategies to like accomplish that or at least it feels sort of fresh because you are discovering those strategies over the course of the base game campaign but like by the time you get to brood war it's like yeah yeah yeah. i just i play it this is like how i play Terran now and i just do that over and over again
1: there is something before we get like too deep into it, there is something unique about this grip of episodes that I feel like, and maybe this would be saved better for for the final episode in the series. But I just want to kind of tease this here. I kind of learned something in oh. doing this experience with you, Matt, okay, which is that I thought and I like and I've thought this for the entire time that we've known each other. I thought you were like a huge Starcraft guy. no. You know what I mean? Like I don't know where you got that o- from. I I got over, very into StarCraft. It's because Starcraft of how too. much you've talked about StarCraft. Yeah. You you we StarCraft is like one of the pillar games that we've talked about mm-hmm. forever and ever. Yeah. But I didn't realize that you didn't really you weren't really that into it. You didn't really play it much. I didn't play it and at this, all as a kid. I mean, I did not touch it until I was older. It's just wild that that's how things work with us that I can <laughs> ta- have an ongoing conversation with uh-huh. you that's like a de- more than a decade deep mm-hmm. about Starcraft, yeah and then find out that you have no. Like real life experience that you were pulling from in all those conversations, I had no idea. Like I thought you were like in this shit. You know what I mean? I was
0: into StarCraft two, and that's when we started talking about like we we were discussing StarCraft when I was getting into StarCraft two and getting into competitive StarCraft two stuff. So it's like that's what was fresh on my mind. And then part of learning about StarCraft two, like you inherently learn about StarCraft one. I I find them so connected as games and as like how the strategies have carried over between the two games and everything, that like I have this, I, I would say my my take on StarCraft is, it's this thing where like, I see the DNA of it in StarCraft Two which I love. And like, that's not true for every game that has like a predecessor for me, right? Like a lot of times I feel like the, the successor to a series can upend the predecessor and and go on to do greater things. I think StarCraft 2 is an amazing game, but I see how StarCraft is responsible for all of that. And even in playing Warcraft 3, right. which I did more of, uh in, in like our teens or whatever, I played plenty of Warcraft 3. You see the DNA from StarCraft in Warcraft 3 like very very explicitly. So it's like yeah. the more I learned about StarCraft, I was like I've been playing all of StarCraft's babies. This whole time, basically, or falling in love with Starcraft's babies, and it's all because of Starcraft.
1: Yeah, but what I'm saying is that you used to break down for me, like, very particular, like, Starcraft 1, like, like, plays, like, like, things like you would, like, walk me through... And I was fully convinced I was I, like, well, Matt just knows about this stuff. Matt I think is your like, memory deep. is off." I I think that was all about StarCraft too. Like I've never no, talked it, about it would, knowing no, StarCraft dude, 1 it, strategies it would, ever. We absolutely had conversations about StarCraft <laughs> 1 strategies. Like I I fully this is I'm not I'm not confused here because you would be like watching uh like StarCraft 1 like professional stuff. Mm-hmm. And then you would be like breaking down for me like different plays. Yeah. And and from that breaking down in my head, I was like Matt. Like I just had always thought like, oh, Matt's a big like Starcraft guy. And I, it's just, I said it been, last it's, week.
0: It's 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 just like my dad's relationship with football. Like I I know I know the game, but I don't touch the thing. <laughs> like I, I watch it. I I keep an eye yeah. on it. I keep track of it, but I don't. I can't. Like uh, and and like. I doubt we'll get into it. We will probably get into it in the like actual ranking episode, but like there are really explicit reasons why I don't play starcraft <laughs> that, yeah. are, that are that are deep inside of me uh well, and and so yeah I, I just watch it and love it I love it so much but from a from a spectator standpoint
1: i do want to apologize about something <laughs> because it and i'm sorry i've been getting this feeling from you uh-huh. of like i'm bummed because i thought this was like a me and you thing mm-hmm. and then that's why i'm like oh we should do four episodes we should take a whole month and then i found out that it's actually just more of a me thing uh-huh and you know i wish instead we we could have done warcraft 3 or or starcraft 2 uh and that all would have been that but, all would have been fine i just want to say i just want to take some time on the show to say sure. that would have been fine well I, here's what i
0: want to say because and i'm i meant it earnestly in the beginning like i like i'm i'm more interested in learning about this because again i've been learning about starcraft for a long time from this like super broad perspective and this super like listening to commentators talk about how it was before in starcraft and how that relates to starcraft 2 and and watching strategies and watching games online like i don't know and can't know what it was like to be playing it in the year 2000 and like 1999 and stuff like that right Mm -hmm. that like that mystique is just gone And so, like, especially last week, getting to hear you talk about and, and I'm very excited for next week's episode and like what we're doing in prep for next week's episode where it's like we get to go on a little tour of used map settings and the wacky shit like that's so exciting because I get to like gain. at least a little bit tangentially some of that nostalgia that I I, I could have never had. And I want that. Like I, that's what I want. If anything, a lot of this show is that, I mean, so many times we've played games where it's like you remember it. I didn't play it and I'm sort of siphoning a bit of your nostalgia or whatever. And, and that's very much what I want from Starcraft.
1: Okay. Well, yeah, I want to talk then a little bit about what it was like to be playing Starcraft thank god for warcraft 2 tides of darkness by the way (laughs) i mean like i i feel like last week i said i nodded a little bit at that game and said yeah cool whatever um and i feel like you know we were kind of talking uh me and you were were in minneapolis recently uh getting talked to a little bit to our friend uh cole worley who Mm -hmm. you you will also get to hear from listeners uh next week and we talked about Warcraft 2 for a second, and, and Cole was like, Warcraft 2, that's just an okay game. And it's true. It is just an okay game. It is not like a fantastic game. But it was a really important game for getting me, a child, on board with the idea of a strategy game. Yeah, It was goofy. It was silly. It right. was Beavis and Butthead. It yes. had real Beavis and Butthead energy. Yes. And when I was a kid, I wanted to be like Beavis and Butthead, <laughs> okay? <laughs> so i wanted to emulate those guys yeah. i wanted to be like that yeah so i played warcraft 2 and i loved it and then starcraft i remember it was one of the few we had finally gotten to the point where i anticipated games before they came out uh thanks to final fantasy 7 um and probably super mario 64 all also mm. those two games those were those were the first times i realized like Games were things that would come out and that I could, as a kid, be, like, looking forward to it. So I remember being very excited for for StarCraft. I remember watching a really horrible, like, I guess, trailer movie file that my unc- uncle had. My <laughs> unky had, I almost said. My uncle, I remember, played for me a little, like, teaser video that uh-huh. he had, like, downloaded off a website. Um, and it was, like, horrible. And mostly it just showed the logo starcraft how it like kind of warps in like protoss style and i remember being like super hyped and excited for that um and then the original game comes out uh early in that year uh i remember playing it on a really crappy pc in the woods as as i did (laughs) all games at the time i played final fantasy 7 originally on pc that's something we'll get into in a future episode sure um but uh played it Loved it, worked very hard to to finish the campaign, and then I remember my reaction to Brood War being almost, like, confused. Mm. Because when I came across Warcraft 2, Tides of Darkness was already out. It presented itself as just one big game yeah, to me. yeah. And the idea that I would want to play more of this game so soon, and I'll, I'll also remember... The idea that i'm gonna play this online in 1998 is laughable right i was my, about to ask, computer, you're in the
0: woods like was there any sense of online No. yeah of no. course
1: i'm plugged into just right the wood i'm just plugged into wood paneling <laughs> at this point there's no way i mean we had dial up and i remember being on the beanie babies forums, uh <laughs> doing final fantasy like role play stuff but that's all that's all i got as far as the internet is concerned in 1998 uh, but Brood War comes out, I'm confused as to why I would care. And then I remember that Christmas, I see my uncle playing like a mission from Brood War. And I just instantly recognized that it was, and this is probably just biased towards the new, but I remember seeing him play a mission and being like, this is better. Yeah. Like I could just tell mm. this is, mm-hmm. this is better. It has more uh, character to it. Yeah, It has more personality uh, to it. And by a large, I still think I was right as a kid. I think yeah. Brood War just has a little more personality. Yeah. Um. I think the units that it brings the new units uh, with Brood War are they're not like super flashy. Mm-hmm. But if you've been playing Starcraft for a year at this point, they all pop in yeah. your brain. Yeah. You're just like. Oh, the medics, right, you know, right. Oh, I can use stim packs on my Marines and the medics <laughs> will heal, heal them. Yeah. Like that's a game changer for somebody that's playing start been playing Starcraft for like a year. Yeah.
0: There, there's a story aspect to this too, that I think brood war has going for it, which is like the base game of Starcraft is a lot of just sort of like tricks like we talked about of like oh when so-and-so backstabs so-and-so who backstabs so-and-so who backstabs so-and-so but the end of that base game campaign like definitely ends with like some level of finality but something that i've started to glean from this is how like kind of good the starcraft writers are at sort of like keeping other little undercurrents active so that they can always like it doesn't feel like we're just gotta make up some new reason all the characters are still gonna be around like they leave right. everybody in some level of stasis where it's like there would be plenty of reasons for them to come back and have a new adventure or whatever and brood war definitely has that i mean the the base game leaves like the story with kerrigan more or less completely unresolved i would say like you, right. you have no idea what's going on with her and this campaign kicks off kind of like right where the last one left off and i i found it really kind of endearing to me and if anything i think i was talking up quite a bit of like i like the story of starcraft last week i think that's more true of brood war and i i kind of i watched like all of it so when we were recording last week's episode i had already seen all of both campaigns from a story perspective right and I, i think it is brood war where it's like interesting things are happening while they also still Feel very new i think especially like the Terran campaign kicks off and you're like immediately introduced to like a bunch of new characters and there's a moment where you're like what are we doing like what is what is any of this this feels very like we're just sort of coming up with something and it over the course of it like evolves into oh this was telling the beginning of a story that wanted to implant itself into the broader narrative in like I think a very well paced way. I think by the time you get to the end of the Terran campaign, you lead into the final campaign of the Zerg campaign. And it's like, oh, all of this was to get us to like, actually (laughs) the big moments of the story they wanted to tell it all. Like it all tracks in, in very interesting ways. I I think it is a well-told story. And if anything, even Starcraft one ends on that same, like, well, we finished what we were doing, but. Boy, it seems like there's a lot left to do. Like, there's so much more in the story of this game. Uh, And that's the part that freaks me out about, like, how, you know, it was a 12-year gap from StarCraft 1 to StarCraft 2. And if you cared about the story at all during those times, like, that, it makes sense why StarCraft 2 felt like such a huge deal. Not only just because it's, like, the biggest game in the world, but it's, like... There was a story that was left completely untouched for like a very long time that where my head is at right now is like very much, I want to play Starcraft 2 and figure out what happened with a story. Like I'm genuinely interested in all of this at this point.
1: Yeah, it's funny. The difference in our points of view though yeah. here is that I think that it just took too long for Starcraft to wrap up these storylines. Yeah. So you're experiencing it a little fresher. Yeah. But I can remember being, so I I was in sixth grade in 2000, in 2001, I was in sixth grade uh, and that Starcraft had been out for a while. Yeah. But I remember that's the year that I started and uh, this is a part of my life. I have not really talked about much on the show in general, but I used to be really into fan fiction Yeah. just in general. Mm -hmm. I used to read fan fiction. I used to try and write fan fiction. My fan fiction was horrible. Some of the fan fiction that I was uh, interested in was StarCraft based. And I think the reason was, you know, Brood War had been out for a couple of years by the time you get to 2001. And like you said, look at all these story threads. They've just left open. There's all this exciting, like precursor to the next game in Brood War. And I am a child. Yeah. And my imagination is buzzing, thinking about the possibilities and anticipating starcraft 2 and then i go to junior high and i go to high school Uh and i go Uh to fucking college (laughs) and then and i do acid for the first time and then starcraft 2 comes out
0: the beavis and butthead energy has kind of left the building
1: at this point i i can't i couldn't have held on to my desire to see this story resolve, yeah, no, for sure. Through all of those things. Yep. I, I I would have been, it would have been ridiculous yeah. for me to care that much. Right. But I did at one point care a lot about these characters and about where it was going to go. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I talked some smack on the storytelling of uh, base game StarCraft last week. I didn't really talk smack. I just said it was, it's like a Transformers cartoon. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that then Brood War storytelling level is a little more like um, one of the Transformers anime uh, cartoons. <laughs> <laughs> so not like the 80s Transformers, but have you ever seen like, there's like anime that, there's a more anime like Transformers and that's sort of like what Brood War is um, as far as that storytelling level. So that's obviously a huge compliment. But I also like that you can get in touch with that still. yeah. yeah. Because yeah, ultimately I feel a little bit like Starcraft was something that I got really heavily invested in when I was a child as far as uh, the story is concerned. And then at some point, I couldn't just continue anticipating it. Mm-hmm. And Starcraft 2 for me, I mean, I, I'm not joking. I mean, it's it's weird to talk about, uh, you know, <laughs> it's it's weird to be having this podcast where we're talking about Starcraft. But the, Starcraft 2 came out uh, the, on the day that I had done ACID. For the first time. <laughs> and I remember waiting in line at GameStop what? that night for the midnight release and just feeling this sense of like, what am I doing? Why do I care uh-huh. at this point? Uh-huh. I I just felt like I had just been through something so insane. That's really and, funny. Oh, my God. And to just be standing there like, yeah, got to get StarCraft 2 <laughs> and like thinking about like how I was like 11 or whatever. So, was there this like, sense
0: for all of StarCraft 2 where like it felt like did it feel like starcraft was demanding you appreciate it and and you resent it like do you think you like starcraft 2 less because of that gap and because of sort of like these these things you put on it like if if i don't know if a starcraft 3 came out now and you're like past all of that would you be more excited for a starcraft 3 than like how you felt about starcraft 2
1: i don't think so i think i would just kind of feel the same way that i feel now which is a little bit like i just think there was a period of time where everything blizzard was putting out yeah. felt like a, a bit of a revolution yeah not just like this is a great game but like this like really changes the the landscape a yeah. bit yeah um and like i think that like starcraft uh diablo 2 II, warcraft 3 zone and then into world of warcraft yep. even yeah um is like that's like a zone where it feels that way yeah and then there was this kind of like chilling effect yeah of blizzard projects and i think starcraft 2 was kind of like the first example of that this is not to say that starcraft 2 is actually a bad game i think it's a great game yeah actually and i had a lot of fun playing it yeah my 10 year old my 11 year old self could not maintain the hype. Yeah, for sure, for that long, and and so therefore the hype kind of crested, and in its wake was just kind of a a, a sort of n- I'm unsure how much I care about playing this hype mm-hmm. experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean I think that's largely just off the strength of of Brood War and the the multiplayer. Yeah, um, I think just the base game. Yeah, that was a fun experience, and I, but I, even by the time Brood War came out, I remember as a kid being a little bit like, why do I want to do this again? Yeah, like, yeah. I want to start playing this game again, because this is also, uh, we're talking about Final Fantasy eight times are mm-hmm. coming, they're mm-hmm. not here yet, but we're like, kind of heading that way, and I'm excited about that, um, there's a lot of PlayStation stuff that I'm experiencing yeah and you know whenever uh whenever i'm living in the woods as a kid if i play something on one of my consoles well that's just a me thing yeah if i want to use the pc well that's kind of a sharing with my mom type yeah. thing my mom pl- plays a lot of pc games right um then and now um and you know just knowing that there was uh an area that was like just belonged to me versus yeah. like having to share it so like playing starcraft for a little while was like not you know the biggest thing to me you were on the Um, clock when you were playing starcraft it was it was part of a shared time that you needed to eventually get off right and also like i think that a big component of my fandom of uh starcraft brood war even comes back later Mm -hmm. whenever i do get you know not dial up internet when i get better so internet that's what i was going to ask next change.
0: when when does and we will talk about this more next week for sure but i want to get a picture of like the timeline of brood war for you when were you able to start playing online
1: okay so uh i have to look something up real quick so <laughs> when does lord of the rings the fellowship of the ring come out <laughs> because i ha- I, i do have a thing yeah okay so that comes out in 2001 as well wow it all happened Really, it happens faster than you remember it. Uh-huh. I'm like, uh-huh. I was thinking there was time in there. Okay, so here's something that happened. <laughs> it, it This plays out very specifically. Oh, God, okay. So I didn't know about Lord of the Rings, the Fellowship of the Ring at all. I didn't know about Lord of the Rings. And I am at my uncle's house, the same uncle that I talk about a lot, Mm -hmm. um, who kind of showed me uh, Hellraiser. (laughs) uh, He's the Hellraiser uncle. Uh, He really liked Hellraiser for some reason. I don't think Hellraiser is that good, but whatever. He liked it. Um, And uh, Lord of the Rings is the thing. Uh, And I didn't know about it. He shows me a trailer on his computer. Mm -hmm. He's like, we got to go watch this movie, Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring. I'm like, I don't know what that is. And he shows me a trailer for it. And I'm like, wow, this is awesome. Because at this point, I'm playing EverQuest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I recognize it as being like, this is like an EverQuest movie, <laughs> dude. And that's how I think of Lord of the Rings, the first I time love, I I love it.
0: those things. I love that in children. <laughs> uh, my favorite things that children do
1: is think <laughs> that <laughs> what touchstones are, basically. Yeah, yeah. They're like, I know what this is. So yeah, I think of it as an EverQuest movie. Um, and it's crazy because like my uncle shows me this trailer and then he's like yeah anyways i got us tickets we're gonna go see this he's showing me the trailer on the weekend it comes That's out That's really funny and then we just go watch it yeah we just immediately yeah. i see this trailer oh dude it's an everquest movie and then we get in the car and we mm-hmm. go watch lord of the rings fellowship of the ring and it freaking smacked it just killed me it, yeah. it was like changes it your completely life. Revolutionized my brain. Yeah, like I was so one hundred percent bought in on fantasy bullshit forever, basically. uh And Kate Blanchett. Yeah, uh, <laughs> those two things will always be true for me now. Uh, but yeah, so but what's funny is that we get back, and my, I'm telling you, like right away, one of my thoughts is like. I wonder if there are StarCraft maps where you play Lord of the Rings stuff. Hell yeah. And dude. that was wh- how I started looking for weird StarCraft custom maps.
0: So you but you had and, so you had better internet now, but you just weren't yes. playing online. You had got your family had gotten better internet, but you weren't going to do that yet cuz you were, so I you were like, back on PlayStation.
1: Here's like kind of where it was at is I had Dipped my toe into StarCraft multiplayer. I would play normal style. I'd get my ass beat. Yeah, sure. Um, and I knew there was like custom map stuff and I would like check it out, but a lot of it, like, I didn't really understand what it was. And there was just something about Lord of the Rings yeah. that just, it just kind of clicked in my head where I anticipated there being StarCraft. It's probably because I'd seen StarCraft maps. That had to do with other movies or yeah, something sure. that were probably all like crappy of course and so my, in my head i was like oh i hope there are starcraft uh lord of the rings maps and there were uh, at that time this is like before helms deep even because yeah. this is fellowship of the ring yeah uh and they're really bad but i loved them yeah and then there was this whole community that was kind of forming on right. the starcraft multiplayer scene of people making lord of the rings maps and so, to me, StarCraft and Lord of the Rings were a we're, have this, like kind StarCraft of was a Lord of, of the, the Rings vortex. game. <laughs> like very yeah. explicitly, it's, it was your Lord of the Rings game. Yeah, but that is all stuff uh for next week that's your next week teaser we gotta talk about brood i know i
0: wanted to get that timeline because i i wanted to then get to emphasize here that we're talking about like three years or like two and a half years of really just only single player for you like really just playing the campaign and 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 dicking around in the missions or whatever like just whatever you had going on so should we start talking about like what was actually introduced in this expansion that like shook things up
1: yeah so i already talked about the medics a little bit yeah um the met- medics are a new infantry character that heal uh the other infantry characters. It's a Terran unit, uh brilliant unit. like mm-hmm. it's it was such a game changer. um and yeah, I just pr- probably one of uh not you know, I'm gonna maintain my top three from last week. My top three units were also including brood war. Mm-hmm. None of the brood war units break uh to that high, but they're a very cool unit. yeah, um, I, I want to say there. Have, I
0: think you're referencing. Uh, if if people aren't aware, we did a uh, StarCraft episode in the Space Cats feed, and I think you did your ranking of Terran units oh. in our Guide to Terran episode. So, hey, everybody, <laughs> if you think this is the second episode we've done about StarCraft, it's actually the third, and you should go to the Space Cats Peace Turtles feed to check out Hunter's Guide to Terran, uh, which is a hilarious <laughs> adventure we a went on together. Guide. A horrible guide. It was a good time. Uh, Anyways, it's, so it's not a good guide. But... We got the medic, and then we also introduced what the
1: the Valkyrie. Yeah, so the Valkyrie is a, a, a air unit that uh, it's an anti-air air unit, um, and it has splash damage. and It's never really been my cup of tea. This uh-huh. unit, I think, is too expensive. Um, and yeah, I I don't really have a whole lot to say about the Valkyrie except for um, I love I love the Valkyrie, uh, like the stuff the Valkyrie unit says. Yeah, um, it's very kind of it's got dropship vibes. Which, if you know my my top three, you know the dropship is up there a lot for me um but yeah valkyrie's just okay yeah um zerg units we've got the lurker introduced yeah. which is a a ground unit that burrows and then shoots like spikes it's almost like a mobile um like kind of uh building yeah that that basically uh you know hides it's 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 a it's a hidden unit you have yeah. to use detection in order to find it and then does a lot of damage it's to insane. basically anything in range. Yeah. I think this is my favorite edition of all of Brood War. I, I'm literally in the oh, middle of smart. watching,
0: like, one of the longest StarCraft matches I've ever seen. And it's based all around this map that's just way too hard for either player to break each other's base. And all the commentators can talk about is, like, yeah, I mean, it's it's a well-defended Zerg lurker base. Like, what do you want from me? They're, they're going to sit here yeah. and they're going to economy each other out until this game is over. And it's going to be 45 minutes from now or whatever. But, right. I, yeah, lurkers are maybe also the main reason like i think i have an interest in zerg in starcraft one where i don't so much in starcraft two but like the lurker as a unit is like the defining characteristic where i'm like i I want that (laughs) i want the hidden tower (laughs) i want the hidden building that burrows underground and kills stuff and the other player has to like find it detect it and then kill it and you know before it kills itself basically
1: yeah, it really has kind of like by the time you get to Brood War, it I feel like in the kind of triangle of Terran, Zerg, Protoss, mm-hmm. I really feel like the lurker is the biggest indication that the Zerg player are the tricksters. Yeah. I mean, you're you're meant to do weird, tricky plays and mm-hmm. the, like if if the Terran is a counter to that, I would say that the reason they're a counter is because they're a little more like you know, rules lawyer. Yeah, yeah you know, right, like right. the Zerg is supposed to be like, all right, I'm doing. I, I'm going to dark swarm over here and put uh, lurkers underneath, so you have to detect. But <laughs> yeah. then that's not enough because you can't do damage to them in dark swarm or whatever. <laughs> like the Zerg player is all about micro that makes a very annoying game state yeah. for the opposing player, right. where the opposing player is like, ah. Whereas a Terran player, I feel like, is a little more like, I have all my things and they're in the right place, yeah, yeah. so actually this is all set up really smart, so right. it's gonna kind of like do its own thing. Um, I and this is I'm, this is all projection on my part, but I feel like I'm right.
0: No, it's true. Um, no, no, it's it, you have to break a Terran and a Protoss position, and like a Zerg just has to do. The wackiest shit it can to find a way through like what you see yeah. in commentary all the time is like i don't know how he's pulling this off but we found a way around the the, the clear blockade we had going on here or whatever it's right. like you can right. do like a single like you, you can drop two or three lurkers on a probe line and just decimate the the economy and it's like oh yeah all right for sure we did it sure. <laughs> time to time to macro up again <laughs>
1: yeah uh, uh, that's also a very good use of the lurker is to uh somehow get it to the mineral line and then it will just do its thing yeah. i mean and even if det- even if it's detected it might be too late it does yeah. a lot of damage you need like and three it does hits it like, in a line. like two to
0: three hits and everything's dead basically
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah lurkers are great um the next uh zerg unit is their new air unit which is uh each each uh faction gets a air unit that is anti-air in focus yeah um although i would say the valkyrie to me is like the really basic one that's kind of just like whatever um the devourer which is the zerg unit has a little more going on yeah um it has like an acid uh thing that it puts on the opponents that like i think multiplies the damage that they do they tend to like not do very much damage and then it like kind of builds up um i might be completely wrong about how that works but it's basically a very good anti-air unit um that will pretty much get you through uh every single zerg mission in the brood war campaign once you have access to it um very good Uh, i did not utilize the valkyrie very much at all in the terran missions i use utilize the devourer uh every single mission (laughs) that i had it so it is that's a big it's a big one it's a useful unit um and you can obviously swarm a lot of them is the whole thing uh, with the, the Zerg always is yeah. if they give you one thing you can have a million of that thing right next is the prodos units the new prodos unit the first new Prodoss unit is kind of an old unit yeah. um, It's the dark templar, right. uh, which if you played the original campaign You knew what a dark templar was because Zeratul a hero unit that you got uh-huh. to use pretty frequently in the prodos campaign was a dark templar They're hidden they have a little sword. They do damage. They're pretty basic. You can now build them like they're a normal unit, yep. um, which is pretty useful, although like I kind of hate having a group of them. They tend to take up a lot of space, and they attack really slow. Yeah, um, They're kind of awkward in an uh, army. However, if you select two of them, much like the Protoss High Templar, you can combine them into an Archon, yep. this uh, being their true new unit, which is the Dark Archon, mm-hmm. uh, which is uh it's a cool unit um it can mind control your opponents yeah can steal your opponent's uh units and when i say steal i mean forever you just get them you just have those uh you can do a lot of goofy shenanigans with this ability like steal your opponent's uh fleet of battle cruisers if you just have enough dark archons you can just steal all of them now i have those that you spent so much time building you could steal a worker unit and start a base a terran base yeah. you could start a zerg base <laughs> just do whatever you want with uh, the dark archons they're very fun uh and honestly the missions don't utilize them enough mm. i didn't come up with enough uses for the dark archons when i was playing the protest mission i feel like there's Brood too War.
0: many uses for dark templar where you're like why am i gonna burn my dark templar for these dark archons for, compared to like a high templar you can like use up their abilities and you're like all right time to time to squish them all together like you, yeah, you sort of that you sure. go through that process or whatever but yeah. I, I don't feel the same way and i don't feel like you see dark archons like in competitive play for the same reason very much compared to archons at least
1: they're they're really goofy and they only get really well utilized in one mission that we'll talk about when we talk about the campaigns mm-hmm. um next uh unit is the produs anti-air air unit which is the corsair um decent unit i like it because it has this one ability where it puts a little net on the ground and makes it so that any uh ground to air damage uh doesn't work doesn't actually do anything Mm -hmm. it disables anything underneath it's sort of like it's almost the inverse of the dark swarm zerg ability it says you can't attack me versus like everything under here is invulnerable which is like how dark swarm uh swarm works um but yeah those are the new units they're kind of, in my opinion, all bangers except for the Valkyrie, which I just don't like. Yeah. Um, and I think that's just because I'm a Terran player, so I wanted something cooler. <laughs> I had higher expectations.
0: Yeah. You didn't get a whack, wacky spellcaster or anything like that. You just have this, yeah. this
1: tanky plane. <laughs> it just does anti-air damage. Yeah. Just that simply. It doesn't right. have any, there's no like trick to it. Right. It doesn't have some sort of extra ability or anything like that. Now, to be fair, the Medic has like several abilities that yeah. we didn't even talk about. Sure. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, it. I don't know. I, I wish the Valkyrie had just been a little bit cooler. Yeah. Anyways, as far as, like, overall, like, changes to Brood War, I feel like there is more. Last week we talked about how um, whenever anything story-wise happens in Mission uh it's really goofy yeah. it's very kind of final fantasy-esque where yeah. you just have characters that are just standing there with text appearing yeah um and sometimes characters die and they die by exploding always because mm-hmm. that's the only way that people die because of beavis and butthead yeah <laughs> uh, they have to explode <laughs> completely yeah um i feel like for brood war they upgraded that part of the system mm-hmm. a little bit mm-hmm. uh if if maybe the original campaign was final fantasy 4 uh Brood War is Final Fantasy VI. Yeah. We still have just characters standing around and it's not very believable, but we have some like effects that we use sometimes. Yeah. It looks a little more like it's just a little fancier. They yeah. added some stuff, I think, to the uh editor that they used to make the missions that allowed them to do like effects where there's moments in the brood war campaign where uh characters communicate through like a warp tunnel and Mm -hmm. they kind of appear all like kind of transparent like and there's just a little bit more finesse on all of that stuff um and that aspect of the editor uh is gonna be very important when we talk about (laughs) uh lord of the rings uh (laughs) custom maps next week so put a pin in that for then um there's also a lot of new uh story elements yeah uh, each campaign kind of has its own hook as far as what the story is going to be. I would say if there's any character that is the main character of Brood War, it is, of course, uh, Sarah Kerrigan. Yeah. Uh, who is now uh, the Queen of Blades, almost sort of one of the de facto leaders of the Zerg Hives mm-hmm. at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's maybe sort of a good guy. She's maybe sort of a bad guy. She's a complicated character, and she does a lot over the course of all three campaigns. Yeah. She appears in all three and does stuff. Right. Um she's very it's it's a lot smarter I think for the brood war campaign to choose a main character and have them appear in all three campaigns. Yeah. Um I think it it emphasizes uh the story elements better.
0: Yeah, and, and I I think it culminates too in like a finale that is so distinct to me, which is to say like A lot, again, a lot of the game is, oh, it's a backstab. Ooh, we tricked you. We're actually the bad guy. No, I'm the bad guy. And by the time you get to the Zerg campaign, like, I feel like the second half of the Zerg campaign is very much like, uh, we're just we are playing the bad guy but yeah. at the very end here we're the bad guy killing the other bad guys and the good guys just yeah. aren't around <laughs> like we've just, we've right. just found all the bad guys in one corner and you're like i'm doing kerrigan stuff i'm doing the bad thing like i'm doing a bad thing right. but it's against all of the other people who have been fucking me over this whole game so whatever right. uh, and that very much is like the tone Of I I feel like this campaign uh, Rainer is like around a lot, but I don't. It's like what is going on with him? He's just sort of there, and I say that not actually disparaging. Maybe it sounded bad. I think it's cool to just have like a dude who's
1: like, "I can help out if you need it." Hey everybody, what's up?
0: It's me. (laughs) Like
1: he's He's, just (laughs) he's in over his head a little bit. Yeah. Um, I think is like kind of the the like what you're meant to take away from that. Um, it also has to me uh, a very interesting kind of subplot that I really like a lot um which is that the terran campaign instead of playing as jim rayner right. or as minx or any of the characters that you know they decide that that earth in in the world of starcraft yeah. earth has found out about what's going on with the terrans <laughs> yeah. in the caprulu sector right and they have sent like an armada to basically just conquer yeah like it's like they've heard like oh it's getting real messy out there this would be like if the united states was like all right australia yeah we're sick of vegemite and they just (laughs) send we just invade australia and just say, yeah. no more Vegemite, uh-huh. we're sick of y- how y'all talk and all that uh-huh. stuff, uh-huh. Um, and you have your spiders are too weird. Um, <laughs> that is essentially the storyline of uh, of the Terran plot of uh, StarCraft Brood War, yeah. and I love it. I yeah. love the new uh, Terran characters. I-, I think they are... Um, I think one of the things that I don't like about uh, the Protoss characters, or even a little bit like Jim Rayner or yeah. Arcturus Minx, is they are... Um, they're not goofy enough mm-hmm. from a premise standpoint right. for me to take them in as just being very goofy. It feels like the, the game wants me to take them more seriously. Yeah. Whereas like Sarah Kerrigan is literally, I mean, she's she's just, she's a vampire lady. Right. She's like a, a demon lord right. goddess right. and she's hilarious and the, her kind of self-serious dramatic delivery kind of drives that home. The new Terran characters all kind of have that, too, yeah. for me, which is that the, the the main guy that you deal with, uh, Gerard Dugall, yeah. is like a weird kind of British, mm-hmm. uh, like, just kind of general character. And then his vice general is just a Russian guy. Yeah. And that's the type <laughs> of, like, vibe that I think I click with easier, yeah. is like, let's have these characters be kind of inherently ridiculous. Yes and and have them deliver their lines in a silly way so yeah. that when they are self serious about it when they are dramatic about it it maintains a little bit of that beavis and butthead energy for sure uh, that that i just kind of want uh, to have protoss characters it's like i'm not sure what's supposed to be silly about them yeah like they're they're, well, they're going a little too transformers and, and about again, it again the protoss is like very much the lore the greater lore yeah. of the yeah. series they just explain um, stuff to me and i'm like i don't care yeah I, I, don't explain stuff to me give me something fun like earth is invading yeah the the characters we know are being invaded by earth yes like that's a great kind of plot it, gimmick.
0: If anything that's what worries me about my desire to play StarCraft 2 is there's obviously a focus in StarCraft 2 of like we teased with some of these ideas of this lore stuff, let's really dig into it. And I'm like, oh yeah. no, I don't What's nice about StarCraft 2 is there's a ton of like side questy or like like remember the mission hubs in starcraft 2 this is what i was reminded of recently in, in picking it back up i forgot this existed where you're just hanging out on a screen and it's like there's your buddy talk to him for a little bit see what he's got yeah. going on and, and there's so right. much hangoutitude in starcraft 2 it's it's, it's it's really true. joyful to where you can like kind of not worry about what the actual missions are about necessarily. Cause there's enough <laughs> side content to sort of like all the news reports and everything are mm-hmm. so great. Yeah. Anyways, that's, that's to get ahead of ourselves. But I, I do feel like Starcraft two, it's like they split it into two pieces. It knows the weird stuff is over here, but it's also extremely dedicated to the serious stuff, staying st- serious. And if you be the main plot, you would really lose all the stupid stuff basically
1: yeah there's also there's something that happens in brood war well let's let's maybe go through it campaign by campaign real quick um so the first up this time around is the prodos we're not going to wait till the end so you kind of if you're playing them back to back the way i did in this replay you play two prodos campaigns back-to-back yeah. and i gotta tell you that doesn't do the protoss any favors right um having to play them back-to-back like that um i really wish that they had maybe shuffled it a little bit i actually think the terran campaign even though it would have been maybe a little weird to do them in a similar order again i think the terran campaign would have been a good lead-in to brood yeah. war well, especially it's because it's so off topic like you start off yeah. and you're just like oh this is like a completely different thing
0: uh, yeah and then for protoss to be like and now we're continuing what we were talking about earlier would have been like very exciting to to sort of fall into
1: yeah to kind of click back yeah um but that that's not how they did it yeah Uh, so you start as the protoss um you're playing as essentially the characters uh from the end of the game uh minus uh one who sacrifices himself yeah um and you're sort of on the run uh the zerg have been sort of defeated but not really Mm -hmm. um the overmind is dead uh but there's still lots of zerg everywhere and they're being uh now there are i mean essentially the reason the subtitle is brood war is that a lot of this is about who will control the zerg now that's like essentially the main uh story question who will rule over the zerg if not the overmind Mm -hmm. um the protoss uh start out on the run uh they flee to um a dark templar a planet called shakuras mm-hmm. um and there's a lot of infighting there's a lot of protoss infighting stuff that i don't <laughs> care about that's dumb um because why would i care about it um uh but there's a handful of missions that i think are are really fun um there is uh protoss mission number five uh is this mission where you have a limited amount of units and there is this map that's just full of, of Terran missile turrets. Mm-hmm. And you are essentially trying to infiltrate uh, all of these missile turrets uh, and kill these generators that that turn them all on in big chunks. Mm-hmm. And so it's a lot of just micro stuff, but with a very large variety of units. Yeah. And it's about securing like safe places to drop off more units. Um, because there's missile turrets everywhere you have to like kind of be very careful with like all right i'm going to clear out this area of missile turrets and then we will drop all of our ground units in and try and uh kind of make that happen from there but you have to deal with a lot of Terran resistance uh there's a lot of siege tanks uh there's a lot of bunkers and stuff like that um and it's a very fun mission where if you run out of units you run out of units like it's that type of of mission you do not have a base that you're building from um, you have a nice checkpointing system of every time you destroy one of the generators, though, you get new units. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's fun. It, it it takes a long time because each generator kind of comes up in difficulty, but you also get access uh, to more stuff. Uh, and it's a fun just, you know, way to play Prodos where you get to, like, kind of utilize each of the units' abilities because instead of playing a normal mission where we just have access to everything you're just being given access to a very you know a very concentrated uh level of of Protoss units yeah um so i like that one a lot of the other ones i'll be honest um not a huge fan of the Protoss missions in general in brood war yeah um the final mission mission eight is i wanted to know uh an example of something blizzard likes to do a lot which is a countdown defense mission yes where you have to defend a central point um and there's a certain amount of time uh and those are fun because i remember as a kid they were missions that i would be like these are really hard and then i would realize that like there were really cheesy ways to Mm -hmm. win it like for example just build as many photon cannons as possible (laughs) Photon cannons do not cost any gas they only cost minerals right (laughs) um so as long as you can harvest as many minerals as possible you might just build like 200 photon cannons And then, yeah, that's not a very good defense, but it would take too long to chew through. Yeah. The computer can't figure out what to do about that, basically. Yes um there is a similar mission at the end of the undead campaign in warcraft 3 that you can win by just building towers and just stuff in the way (laughs) which has always been really funny to me becomes the idea for these tower offense games like the use maps that
0: you get in in these games there's so many i remember so many tower defense ones and it's like basically from those missions alone where it's like oh yeah let's just do that again as a full game
1: yeah so it's funny that they do that um overall though uh the i feel like the end result of the prodos Uh, campaign is that we bring these two tribes of protoss Mm -hmm. together they combine like crystals yeah they have like two crystals they combine for some reason uh kerrigan gets involved at one point as like an ally but obviously she has like kind of her own motives that you will not find out about until you get to the zerg stuff um uh, yeah that's that's kind of all i have to say about the protoss missions they are not super memorable yeah the story itself is really forgettable too and it, it, it's it's so much stuff about like
0: whatever is going on with the Zell naga the like ancient race and everything and it just stinks that like that's actually the crux of the main story or at least of the like sort of story behind the story uh and it's especially what is what starcraft 2 is going to be about or whatever but mm-hmm i don't know i'm so much more invested in the interpersonal stuff like what kerrigan has going on is like uh we're doing this right now it's not about some ancient thing or or whatever you know it's like I, i i'm very much more interested in the just like she's trying to like accomplish a bunch of stuff
1: right yeah i i think it's just like it's hard to make me care about the protoss uh characters yeah um i wish they had had a little more personality um and had a little bit less uh you know exposition yeah uh, that they just kind of you have know what it is the time
0: I, I to me it's where the tropes are hitting the weakest which is to say like the idea even from the base game protoss campaign it's about like we it's the the heretics the dark templar it's like well but they're a playable unit i know they're gonna be a playable unit later it's like you just see through what the entire story is going to be about like oh there's these other people we're gonna unify them that's gonna be the thing like i feel like you just know that from the front end of it and nothing else interesting is happening unless you really really like Zell naga lore which the game isn't sure. touching on very much so it's not like it's even giving you that hit so i just think there's not much on offer
1: yeah there's the guy that's from the original campaign who like has is basically just a hardcore hater yeah and you finally kill that right. guy <laughs> the mission where you kill him there's like three versions of him on the map mm-hmm. it's also the mission where they introduce the dark archons as if like that's, <laughs> that's a cool use of them yeah. to like mind control these but then you you mind control the right guy and it's not really like you do that it's just like he dies yeah. i don't know it's it's a lot of dumb stuff that happens uh jim rayner becomes friends with that guy phoenix yeah. that is from the original game who you like watch die in that one cinematic yeah and i remember as a kid being like oh it's cool that they're like buds mm-hmm. but like that's based off of like precious little like actual <laughs> game stuff exactly whatever um, the Terran campaign much more interesting. Yeah. So, like I said, it's about Earth uh, invading. Uh, are basically the characters you know. Um, so we have new evil characters uh, that are basically fighting the old evil characters, mm-hmm. and um, it's great. Uh, there's a lot of really good. Uh, there's a lot of really good missions. I feel like in this campaign, uh, the second mission in particular is one that I love. It is similar to the um, shut down the generators Protoss mission, but it's really tight um it gives you these little sections where it's like here's these units this is all you get and yeah. it, a lot of times it'll be precious few units it'll yeah. be like here's like four medics and a ghost yeah yeah, yeah. and it's like and and now uh, <laughs> solve this this puzzle uh-huh. basically and it's so tightly designed and it teaches you a little bit about most terran units hmm. like it is Probably the best way to learn how to play Terran would be to just play mission two of the Terran brood war campaign. Um, You'll learn like a lot of really good micro. You'll learn like basically how to utilize most of the important abilities. Um, Especially it'll teach you how to use medics like very effectively. Mm -hmm. Uh, You get to use a lot of medics have an ability called optic flare that makes it so that uh, you use it on a unit and then now it doesn't have vision. Uh, it's really useful for stuff like siege tanks mm-hmm. for example mm-hmm. who if they don't have vision they can't shoot anything right basically um but yeah really 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 maybe my favorite mission actually in the, in the entire uh replaying of it for this experience was uh terran 2 yeah uh, for brood war um terran 3 also really good uh that's a mission where you basically uh, have to fight like four different zerg bases um, and they are all cheaply dispatched by siege tanks um, and it's the type of thing where all you have to do is destroy the hive and then you win uh-huh. um, so it's probably not very much fun to play it normal style but i recognized that they were trying to get me to just cheese it with siege tanks and that gave it a lot of drama so if all <laughs> i have to do is like hot drop siege tanks uh-huh. in the right position and defend them that feels like kind of spicy Uh and also first of all it doesn't take a lot of time it means the mission is going to be pretty short and then second of all it means it's going to be dramatic because it's not like i'm going to perfectly slice out Mm -hmm. the right place to drop off the siege tanks right um so it means i'm going to have to defend them in you know in the the drop zone or whatever (laughs) very very fun mission and once you destroy the hive that that Zerg colony is just completely disabled, which is kind of the best way for it to go. Just oh, let me yeah. destroy the one thing and then they're just dead or yeah, whatever. Yeah, don't linger. Um, Yeah, really, really good mission. Um, Terran mission number seven uh, is probably my favorite installation mission. Uh, it is a long one where you mm-hmm. get a lot of different uh units. Uh, you have to really utilize them and you have to kind of like last a long time. It's also um, there's a character we haven't talked about named Duran who is in all of starcraft it's notable that duran is the most duplicitous yeah because every every character in starcraft is essentially obsessed with the idea of backstabbing their friends except right. for jim rayner that's the whole thing right we have got one good guy in the center of it yeah but everybody else is down to backstab duran is the biggest of the backstabbers yeah basically much so to where by the end of the game we don't even know who he works for yeah it doesn't it does it
0: can't make sense who he is backstabbing on behalf of by the time you wrap up like the arc that he's on i will say his is the like the goofiest setup for that because he's literally just like he's kind of just one of the grunts like he's not a very high up officer or whatever he's just a guy and he's like way overstepping his bounds and like Even the commanding officer is like, what do you do? You don't get to just start kind of like telling everybody to do. But then the, like the, the chief general above that guy's like, don't care. Listen to him. He's great. And the whole time you're like, what do, why are these, why are these generals acting like, like complete idiots and just going off of this dude's like vibe check. The guy's like, I think we should do this. And everyone's like, okay, let's listen to Duran. And then for him to then finally turn on you, you're like, oh yeah, I guess I should have been thinking about that. But it's like, I would say they weren't even foreshadowing that he's going to turn on you. There's some, there are some obvious instances of foreshadowing of him turning on you, but it's so, so little setup that when he does do it, it's, I don't know. I think it reinforces like how weird the mystery of the Zell Naga is and how little the game actually cares to like tell you about it. Like play the Terran campaign or watch the story stuff of the Terran campaign and see like, I, I don't think I can get behind anybody who, before StarCraft II came out, would be like, yeah, I'm really interested in the Zelnaga story that's going on. Because it's like, sure. the
1: breadcrumbs that exist? What do you mean? Yeah, there's very little, right? Yeah. But I think it's mostly that Duran is just a, an exciting character, especially sure. when you're a kid. Yeah. Because... He he represents the future yeah. of StarCraft, right? Basically, right. you're like, all right, well, this is some. This guy is maybe the main villain yes. of the entire series, or like works for the main. Vi- there's some new big bad yeah. that they're obviously working on. I will say, in the Terran campaign, all he does is backstab the Terrans because you think he's working for Kerrigan, right? Because you think he's working for the Zerg. Yeah, that's just merely the beginning of his series yeah. of backstabs, right? Um. But yeah, Terran mission number seven, uh, it's good for, it's its a good plot mission, I guess, if you care about that. Uh, but it's mostly just a really good installation mission, and they've made so many of those by this point that they really know what they're doing whenever they have you do an installation mission. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the last Terran mission is just fine, uh, but it has this really fun gimmick where there's one Ultralisk that the Zerg are utilizing against you. And he's just a big bad butt and you got to <laughs> fight him and he he takes a lot of damage and he's tough. And I love that. I, that's just a good gimmick to yeah, me. Yeah. i just like, yeah, it's another one of those missions where I have to kill all of all of the enemies on the map and I got to build up a huge fleet of battle cruisers or however I want to do it. Mm-hmm. I, I maybe I actually feel like for most of the Protoss campaign, I, I just was a siege tank boy, which is what I prefer to do most of the time anyways. Um, but yeah it's just fun every once in a while they throw this big ultralisk at you you kill it and then they're just gonna throw it at you again in a little (laughs) bit Um, and that's yeah that's that's pretty chill I honestly had a blast playing the Terran uh, campaign yeah Uh, probably the most uh, it's definitely the most fun that I had yeah uh, in replaying these missions Um, last one we got for you is the Zerg campaign yeah finally you get to play as Kerrigan you get a little insight on what it is that she wants Um, it seems to be that she wants to just be shitty to everybody and be the queen of the zerg and possibly queen of the universe i mean she is just a ridiculous character at this point right um and it's very funny it's got a lot of beavis and butthead energy And uh, it's great because we meet Duran in the Terran campaign, he backstabs, and then we switch over to the Zerg campaign and we've got Kerrigan and Duran. We've got our buds. Right. These are our evil friends, basically. I mean, I feel like this Uh, is where the,
0: it it feels like you've been playing the epilogue to base game and then this weird other thing. And then the end of mm -hmm. the Terran campaign is actually the beginning of what Brood War is about. And then the Zerg campaign is Brood War. Like that, from a story perspective, this is just actually the story of the game. (laughs)
1: yeah and definitely the whole point of this campaign uh, on a story level is that kerrigan is going to be shitty to all of the characters that we know yeah (laughs) and that's kind of fun if you don't really care about them really (laughs) i remember as a kid being like oh this feels kind of bad because i'm being shitty to everybody right but who cares yeah (laughs) like they suck so let's let's be mean to them so i did i had a lot of fun with this uh campaign as well uh i there's a Couple missions I want to um, kind of isolate. Uh, Zerg mission number five is really, really good. Um, you basically have two bases that you are going to destroy, a Terran base and a Protoss base. And, and at this point in the campaign, uh, Kerrigan has sort of formed an alliance with Minx and with uh, Rainer and Phoenix and all these characters that we know and of course she doesn't really care about them she's going to backstab them yeah. and this is like the first time us as the player yeah. we get to do the backstabbing right. <laughs> so the gimmick is there are two bases and you can sneak attack one of them mm-hmm. you can basically just completely catch them with their pants down and probably annihilate that base if you are fast enough mm-hmm. um, and then the other one will be prepared uh, and because it's a Terran base and a Protoss base it's kind of just choosing like which, you know, which of these two would you rather kind of delete easier yeah. and then have to actually fight the other? Um, and that's just a fun choice to make. Uh, you also kill two named characters yeah. in, neither of them are like good characters, but you, right. you kill them, they die. Um, it's also a point where, I believe it's this mission, there's a mission where Jim Raynor is basically like, if I ever see you again, Kerrigan, I'll kill you. Yeah. And I feel like they forgot that that is what happened in StarCraft Two, Dude. I have a whole
0: beef with StarCraft Two. You boot, you boot up StarCraft Two, and like basically the intro to StarCraft Two is Jim Raynor's holding a picture of Sarah Kerrigan, or there's like one on the wall, and they're suddenly. This is how hard the retcon goes in StarCraft Two. They really make it sound like Jim Raynor's heart is absolutely broken. He desperately <laughs> loved. Sarah Kerrigan and watching what happened he knew to for like The Woman He Knew long? for like 30 minutes and was like nice ass lady and it's like <laughs> what the f-? He, yeah okay they were desperately in love and something terrible happened to her okay sure bud it it is the it is quite
1: possibly the biggest retcon uh of the series <laughs> yeah it's really dumb too because they actually had written i think a much more interesting story there which is here are these two characters in like a 80s action movie mm-hmm. sense yeah maybe they would uh hook up or whatever uh but that's not what's going to happen here and in fact they're bitter enemies yeah like that's, that's way cool. more interesting yeah yeah whatever um but whatever <laughs> they, they, just, they just throw it out for- <laughs> <laughs> they forgot about it yeah. i guess they just forgot about the story they were building um <laughs> there's also a bonus mission in the zerg campaign uh that you have to do i forget what you have to do to unlock it I unlocked it without realizing what you had to do. You, you have to so. play
0: the mission very fast.
1: That, that's like oh. basically
0: it. The one before it, if you beat it within 25 minutes, you unlock the secret mission. That's it.
1: Well, okay. And I'll say, I'll say this about the Zerg missions. Um, there there are a lot of good ones. Um, I And this is going to maybe sound like some shade, but I had a fine time with this being true. You can pretty much tackle them all with like the same strategy, which is to just build all the Zerg air units. Uh-huh. Um, there's a there's an air unit that just attacks to the ground almost like siege tank style it can shoot from far away um, and you have a brand spanking new uh air unit that attacks other air units yeah kind of sounds like if you have both of those you're covered and guess yeah. what you will get through every single mission with that strategy <laughs> bud like that that will work yeah 100 of the time um so is that a little bit annoying i guess so but whatever yeah it's fine i i it's i each Each campaign probably has a gimmick that you can approach almost all the missions Uh uh, to. And I am not the most comfortable Zerg player. So Mm -hmm. for me, it's like, makes sense to use the strategies that I've always used. And that's since I was a kid, that's always the strategy I've used for this campaign. Um, Yeah, the bonus mission, very fun. It is a Prodos micro focused mission where you get to utilize the Dark Archons to build a weird group of like Terran and Protoss units that by the end of it, you just have a whole lot of weird functionality. Um, you have like battle cruisers, but you also, you know, <laughs> you have Zeratul who's yeah. like a dark Templar. You just kind of build a ragtag team. Yeah. Uh, very fun mission and is mostly like just trying to, you know, seed some stuff, uh, for Starcraft Two. I don't even know if the stuff it seeds really plays out in any kind of interesting way. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, the Zerg campaign wraps up with essentially Kerrigan being in control of the Zerg in a de facto sense. Not Maybe not all the Zerg. but yeah. She achieves her, her goal of being queen of the Zerg, and then she basically just fights all of uh, the rest of the characters that she hasn't already completely right. ca- either murdered or pissed off. Yeah, basically at um, this point,
0: Raynor has escaped. Uh, Duran has disappeared and you're like i don't know what the right. fuck he's gonna be up to and yeah there's there's literally just like dipshits you have to clean up after it's like Manx yeah. and uh artanis is there and you're like okay oh, can we please be done with this guy and General Gaulle. and and that's what i was saying earlier is it's like yeah i'm doing a an objectively bad thing like i'm now the bad guy of the series i am i am kerrigan but i'm gonna kill all the people i've been completely sick of hearing from although you don't actually kill manx manx like gets out of there or whatever but you're gonna like dispatch his army for the most
1: part Sure, i don't think you actually kill artanis either um right and it's not even you don't even necessarily kill dugall it's in the in the final cinematic uh dugall kills himself because he realized he was manipulated into killing his friend uh, stukov the russian guy um (laughs) but what and which is again a bit yeah, of dramatic great. fun i'm telling that's you really those two good. characters yeah it's <laughs> stuff. That the tone of starcraft should be more like that yeah. if you ask me right um but whatever um here's my final campaign rankings oh boy just to rank all the campaigns yeah. i looked this up online like people do this a little bit um and i just want to weigh in and tell you here here's how much fun i had with all of these my number one with a bullet is the brood war terran campaign obviously loved it yeah had a lot of fun a lot of those missions were noteworthy and uh fun to tackle number two i'm gonna say is the brood war zerg campaign even though we kind of you the same tactic i feel like there's a lot of there's just a lot of fun gimmicks in that campaign mm-hmm. uh and also like a lot of fun story stuff i don't know i don't ca- i don't like these characters so it's cool <laughs> to like kill a lot of them yeah um Number three, I'm going to give it to the original uh, Terran campaign. I think it kind of introduces the universe in a very good way and kind of ramps up quite nicely. Uh, My number four will be the Brood War Protoss campaign. I think it's better than the OG Protoss campaign, but only by a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, I think overall, it's just those characters are just annoying to listen to. And I do listen to, I mean, it's like... In replaying this, I remember how much the story mattered to me. So, I listened to every mission yeah, briefing. Yeah. I really paid attention. Um, next is the original ProDOS campaign. Um, I think it's saved by having some interesting final missions. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I could probably put Brood War and OG ProDOS like, in either order. Like They're just really yeah. close to me as far as quality. Um, and then last is the OG Zerg campaign. I think it's mostly just because... I just don't find it memorable i yeah. just can't really even remember anything about it right. and i think the zerg are generally more interesting after you've taught me about all the units yeah basically right i want to have access to everything they can do um i really feel like there could have been if there had just been a little more focus on that zerg campaign and in, in brood war it would have been the best one right to me right but, i think it's one yeah. of the best stories like the idea Of what they've done at that point. It
0: is like the most interesting thing that happens. I mean, because it's the defining moment of the series too. Right. Like you did this whole thing. You did kind of a classic space marine campaign. A character quote unquote died. And then you jump into that next campaign and it's like. No, she didn't die. You're gonna harvest this crystalis for like three episodes that you don't even know what it is, and then out hatches Kerrigan, and you have like this whole new sense of what the entire scope of the game is about. I I think it is, it is the definitive. Uh, you know, again, just like Brood War is that if like Zerg is what this series is about, and that's why this that's why the Terran stuff gets to be the most fun because it's literally they're the tropey Space Marines in this universe. And they're not hardly what the story is actually about, which is also kind of why Starcraft 2 rolling out the way that it did, I think was maybe even the biggest uh, disappointment, even from my own perspective as someone who wasn't like hyped because of my love for Starcraft, but I was hyped for the asymmetry of Starcraft. The fact that Starcraft 2 is like, here's this huge release. It's only the Terran campaign and it's going to be a while before you can do the next one. And like the fact that Mm -hmm. I've never, played single-player Zerg or single-player Protoss because like by the time those expansions was come were coming out I was kind of phasing out of the game or whatever like that's a lot of longevity to ask for and I I wish Starcraft 2 had this style of like campaign stuff to it I think it was too bold to wrap it makes sense cohesively but like and like mechanically the stuff they had to design for each campaign they're doing way more work on the campaigns but i think right. it's a huge bummer to miss out on like the crossover stuff especially in those missions where it's literally like you described where it's like i've got some dark templar i have some siege tanks and battle cruisers and it's like yeah. I'm, I'm sort yeah. of controlling everything i think that's the beauty of what a starcraft single player campaign could offer or whatever and i i think it's a shame that starcraft 2 doesn't have it however I just love all of the uh, quality of life upgrades of StarCraft 2. And that's like the main reason I can actually play that game because StarCraft 1 is great, especially to think about. But when I actually have to sit at the keyboard and do it, it's a lot, man. It's a whole lot for my brain to try to tackle of like how many control groups I have to have to try to accomplish right. kind of anything uh, to do. Any amount of macro is about f- 12 times more intensive than it is in starcraft 2 starcraft 2 i can't express how much easier it is to like do base management than in starcraft War. oh yeah. it's insane uh yeah yeah I, I i anyways all that to say we're not doing a starcraft 2 episode anytime soon but i'm like just i'm back in it it feels really good to be really back invested in starcraft again that this was my early 2010s and i'm like sad i abandoned it basically like i'm sad i moved on to other esports or abandoned esports entirely and i wish i had just spent the last decade watching starcraft and just being like a starcraft head
1: that's that's what i now want to do (laughs) yeah i i wonder and you know this is maybe something worth touching on again uh in the final episode of this series yeah but i just wonder if microsoft buying yeah. Lizard means that mm. there is a chance that we might see new StarCraft content. Right. Um I'm not really sure and I'm not even sure I really want that. Yeah. But I do think that it is sad that the real-time strategy genre mm-hmm. has kind of faded away. Yeah. Because it doesn't feel like I feel like it didn't fade away for any good reason. Yeah. It just wasn't hugely profitable. Yeah. And there wasn't anyone like, you know, actually, here's what I think about when it comes to real-time strategy games. This is going to be like a really weird kind of deep cut, but um, there's the genre of uh, kind of indie rock called shoegaze. Yeah. Which is like the reason it's called shoegaze is because they're looking down at their like guitar pedals the whole time yeah, or there's whatever. No showmanship at all. It's just yeah playing. Well, there's too many pedals. How are you supposed yeah. to have showmanship if you got to look at like it's you like craftwork?
0: It's like what craftwork is doing, right? The same yeah. idea where it's like oh, we're just four people standing here touching a
1: million knobs and levers. Listen, we got a lot of stuff to do in order <laughs> to like dance on top of yeah. that or whatever. Um, but there's a shoegaze album by by My Bloody Valentine called Loveless. Yeah that sometimes people will claim that the reason shoegaze kind of faded for a long time was because Loveless was too good. Mm-hmm. So Loveless came out and was like, wow, this is an amazing shoegaze album. This is like the perfect idea of what this music should sound like. hmm So who wants to make a shoegaze album now you know what i mean and i kind of feel like starcraft sort of did that for real-time strategy games even blizzard themselves when making warcraft 3 sort of made it this other thing too right it wasn't just a real-time strategy game anymore it was also like sort of an rpg yeah you know right they had to they had to graft other games onto their formula Mm -hmm. in order for it to kind of make sense and then after Warcraft 3, what? They're just sort of like, well, let's get out of this business. Yeah, you know what I mean? And right. then Starcraft 2 comes as a follow-up that even even Starcraft 2 feels a little bit to me like this is about quality of life. Yeah. This isn't necessarily about, you know, breaking the real-time strategy sure, genre sure. open again. No. It's kind of just like, what if, Starcraft happened again and was modern right like that's what Starcraft 2 is well and and that to get back to what we talked about at the beginning
0: of this episode that that has always been the vibe I have that's why I hold Starcraft in such high regard is because every inch of Starcraft 2 you can feel that it's just a modernized echo of Starcraft whereas so many other games it's like yeah we did something to change it and that succeeded or failed Starcraft 2 is just like we did StarCraft again because we're not really sure what else anyone expects from us. And we're not sure what, yeah. the, I mean, the single player stuff is like a huge step up. And if anything, like that's what kept people, I think new people around for like a good long while with that game. But it's it's like used map stuff was always trickier on StarCraft 2. It didn't feel like there was enough really goofy stuff happening. Maybe just the internet changed. You know what I mean? Where like like the idea of doing lord of the rings there was no lord of the rings movie that came out in the 2010s that made everybody want to just yeah, nobody wants do those. Hobbit,
1: hobbit custom maps uh for starcraft 2 yeah people just didn't want that as much yeah yeah you're right um, i don't know i'm i will say that uh, of these four episodes that we're going to do the best one yeah. is next week yep For sure. Very excited Um, for next week's episode. I I enjoy that we have covered StarCraft the way that we have. Mm -hmm. Um, But the best part, the reason that StarCraft is a classic is because of the multiplayer. Yeah. That is the most important aspect of it. And we have largely left it, you know, unsaid. Yeah. Because there is a lot to talk about. Yeah. Um, And a lot of, there's dumb, weird (laughs) elements of it. Um, Those of you that have played uh, with us on the Discord uh, really appreciate that. Uh, I'm still interested in putting together some sort of, like, tournament event. I haven't had time to organize that. It's actually my birthday in, like, three days. Um, (laughs) So, uh, happy birthday to me. I'm going to be 34, everybody. Um, And uh, I might be, this weekend, playing, not streaming, but playing uh, some custom maps as part of my birthday. Like, to celebrate my birthday, I'm just going to continue with this StarCraft nostalgia. Yeah. Um, And I really... Uh, if there's anything that I love about this show, I like that it's given me this opportunity to reflect so deeply on a game that was so yeah. important to me, so foundational. Right. Um, and definitely get ready for our six month series of Final <laughs> Fantasy VIII episodes. We're gonna do twenty five episodes about Final Fantasy VIII, recapping every single oh, moment man. of it. Um, we're gonna I'm gonna try and find some of my posts from the Beanie Babies forums. <laughs> where I'm doing Final Fantasy VIII roleplay stuff. We'll try and figure that out. You know, um, I was just
0: having the thought of like, what is my, like what would be, if we were to do this sort of approach, what is the game from my history that I would want to do Donald Duck with? going Quackers. No, leave me alone. Uh, the, the real answer, actually, the one I would want to like do this sort of split up on, is genuinely splinter cell chaos theory to do a single player episode a co-op episode and then a multiplayer episode of that game that's something that we will definitely like tackle in that manner
1: down the line that's a cool ass game yeah uh somebody somebody's got to make that game available to play again online and not be like you know just kind of a rigged up thing. Like I, I, I want to be able to play it, people. It's a real. Hey, why is shit. no one listening to us? Why is no one making? Well, Chaos there's Theory that one indie game that they're
0: they're very. I mean, it should just be Chaos Theory remastered. There's there's that Splinter Cell one remaster that's coming out, right? Or remake or whatever. And maybe they'll follow it up. I don't know. Maybe maybe, maybe, maybe. they'll see how the first one does, and then Ubisoft will follow up with like a Pandora tomorrow and Chaos Theory thing. Regardless, there's also that indie game that I mean, it's super early days still. But that's like what my dream has been is some indie studios like can we just make Spies versus Mercs the video game? Let's just do that. Yeah. And and you know, I, I wish them the best. But uh, let's let's get excited for next week's episode where we can uh, hang out with Cole, maybe his brother, talk about really stupid shit. And it's going to be a four and a half hour long episode.
1: Yep. Yeah. Next <laughs> week's is going to be super long. We have like so many different elements of StarCraft multiplayer to talk about. We're going to be talking about esports we're going to be talking about honestly some of that
0: stuff might just have to wait until the like finale episode like especially because it's Mm -hmm. cole we're talking about where cole's going to go on some long tangents we might just have to be like you know what hunter and i will talk about some of that stuff in the final episode we'll just we'll just leave it for that
1: (laughs) but i just want to seed all the different all the pillars we have to hit we have to hit esports we have to hit um which is going to be a lot of talking about... Uh, I, I mean, I used to fall asleep to StarCraft 1 yes. esports stuff, and I think you used to as well. Right. So um, we got esports. We got ladder, which yeah. is not something that me or Matt were ever good at yeah. or played a lot of. Right. I used to play and then would just get my ass handed to me and I would go back to use map settings. Yeah. Uh, I think Cole can hopefully provide some stuff there. Uh, we're going to talk about Lord of the Rings. We're going to talk about cat and mouse. We're going to talk about diplomacy we're going to talk about the resident evil maps that are actually really good we're going to talk about the resident evil maps that are not very good yeah pokemon rpg y'all we're going to talk about what do we get cat and mouse did i say cat and mouse we're going to talk about paintballs okay well uh what else we want to talk about uh all the different helms deep versions there's a lot of different ones and i 20 minutes has to be dedicated to each version of helms deep i mean at least Mm -hmm. yeah I have, it's so funny every time I stream because I have like every version of Helm's Deep. Uh-huh. So I would, when I'm streaming myself, like picking uh, like the next map, everyone is just like in the chat being like, why do you have so many versions <laughs> of Helm's Deep? Everything else I just have like one version uh-huh. of, but I wanted, I gotta know. I, I, I played like every version of that map. That's what, so I need okay. to know which are the good ones.
0: When you become a YouTube video essayist, your first video needs to be the history of Helm's Deep on StarCraft 1. That's how granular I feel like you need to be yeah. as an essayist these days.
1: Yeah, that's that's what I want. Also, I'm going to be hitting up the Video Game History Foundation to ask them if they are preserving StarCraft yeah. custom maps. And this, is the, and this attitude I have right now is the attitude I'm going to project at them. Great. Uh, are you doing that? Because you need to do that, all right? The Simpsons RPG map of starcraft brood war must be preserved okay <laughs> the gundam wing map that really sucks that we played for we played the gundam wing map oh, no. for like 45 minutes <laughs> and i gotta tell you i'm pretty sure no one was really having fun we just kind of did that for a while because that's kind of starcraft you can just kind of hang out with it yeah. even its worst ideas yeah. you can just kind of hang out in them mm-hmm. and also oh my god i i can't wait for next week but i just want to say One of the biggest things that has, like, blown me away in, like, exploring the stuff that people used to make in the used map settings Mm -hmm. culture of StarCraft is how long these people expected us to play these damn maps. (laughs) Like, the Gundam Wing one, I think, was going to be, like, three or four hours. We stopped at 45 minutes. Very little progress had been made. There was so much game left. I used to play those Silmarillion maps for hours yeah. and hours. <laughs>